ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's topic is all about voice. I'm joined with my co-host Sandy. Hi Jenny. Hi everybody. And today we're going to talk all about why we think voice is a really important part of running a business and starting a business and how we've learned to use voice in our businesses. So Sandy, I came up with the idea for this topic in part because you are a fan, a huge fan of all things copywriting and you teach the authentic voice module in our paid soulful MBA community. And we did actually, I think it was episode three. Was that the one that we did all about authenticity? Uh, Yeah. I don't remember the number, but it was an earlier one. Yeah. It was er like top five for sure. So we talked about authenticity with respect to voice already, which I think will come up over and over again and probably play a role in today's episode as well. But we want to talk more sort of tactics and strategy around the use of voice in everything that you do in your business. So when we're thinking about voice, we're talking about sort of your public persona and the words that you speak, the words that you write and how you portray yourself sort of out publicly as an entrepreneur and as a business person. Um, Sandy, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I I just think that uh, when you start an, an online business or really any business, I don't think we pay enough attention to our voice and what that messaging should be and 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 copywriting. And we actually have an entire, I think it's like a nine part course. It's inside. actually a t- 10 part ten, course. I was just, just looking at it. <laughs> you know it well right now. Um, and I think that copywriting is just not discussed. We talk a lot about what am I going to teach or coach on? Like, what am I, what's the content, but not about how I am going to sell this to my followers or how am I going to announce this to my list? And if you think about it, every single thing we do in business is going to require words. So no matter what you're doing, what you're selling, what you're, you know, if you prefer to do things, you know, maybe you're not blogging, but you're doing video or vlogging, you still need to title that video. You still need to have a a words chosen for your buy button or your subscribe button, like everywhere there are words. And so that's why it's so important to figure out your voice, who you are and how you want to come across. And, and hopefully, you know, it's comfortable for you to do that, but also to really practice the copywriting concept and copywriting is like a super old word word, you know, it comes from the early, I think forties, fifties, when copywriting for ad agencies really became a thing. And in the copywriting course, I make a lot of Don Draper jokes. And cause that's sort of my connotation is like, you know, ad, ad writing for ads, but it's really the use of words to get people to act, to take action. And so it sounds so salesy and and horrible, but it can be a really beautiful thing to nurture the followers you have and lead them down a path. 
Yeah. And there are a lot of different words that I think we use interchangeably when we're talking about this kind of concept. So there's copywriting, there's messaging, there's pitching, there's calls to action. Like they're all sort of related to one another. And in, and it's not just in advertising. I mean, you have to think about who you are, um, like every single word you use to describe yourself on your resume, on your LinkedIn, like every single thing on your website, that's all sort of displaying who you are to the rest of the world. That's all sort of copy. That's all, that should all be very intentional. And I think it's not just about how you sell your products. It's also about like what you call your products. What, how do you name your products? How do you name your videos? How do you name your business? All of those things come into play and should be intentional. And so we, I've learned actually from you, Sandy, to take those things a little bit more seriously in terms of Namastream and Soulful MBA. Um, but, you know, my in my past life in politics as a political consultant and an advocate in sort of environmental justice work, um, I had different ways of talking about these things. But, but now that I'm reflecting back upon it, it's all really the same. So I, I mean, for those of you who are newer into business and entrepreneurship, I, I don't think that these concepts are necessarily new to you. You're encountering them every day in your lives. And maybe you just sort of don't recognize them as being the same. Mm-hmm. I think if it's a word and it has to do with your business, it's copywriting. Yeah. Right. Anything. If you're, if you're writing a book, then not so much. But if it's any word, any sentences around your business, whether you're trying to sell or not, it's copywriting. Yeah. Although the title of the book is sort of copy. Yeah, I know that's true. And that's true. the way you describe your, describe your book and the book jacket and the that's way you true. write your biography, all of those things. So there are elements sort of interwoven. Anytime you're trying to intentionally portray something in a certain way, I think it's all copywriting. Like the, the description in your Instagram posts, like all of those things, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. all sort of not just writing the, the most immediate first thing that comes to your mind. Often, if you're a business person, it's it's very intentional what you're scripting there. Okay, so I wanted to talk about kind of four elements of voice, Sandy, that that I've used and learned, and then we can sort of get into the nuts and bolts of them in terms of like you're you're the expert on the details, and I'm sort of like the the if you can call it that, the expert on the big picture. So there are four elements of voice that I think are really relevant to you as an entrepreneur. I mean, these are exactly the same things that I used in politics as well. So one is messenger. So that is like, who is, who is the person that's conveying the message? Often if, if you're a solo entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you are the messenger, but you don't have to be. The second element is timing. The third element is message, like the actual message or copy itself. And the fourth element is the medium, so the tool. Um, So why don't we go ahead and dive into Messenger first, just since that's what I happen to jot down on my list. (laughs) So Messenger work is really important. And even if you are the only person in your company and the only person in your brand, um, there are other messengers out there for you, right? So one example of someone else being a messenger for your brand or your product would be a customer testimonial. So an existing client or a past client, when you're using that person's testimonial on your website or on a social media post or in a video, that is actually your messenger. And so you want to think really carefully about what you're trying to convey with your words and whether you are the best person to convey it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, this is not done enough. So if as a business owner, you need to kind of turn 
start, start watching for any of your customers or students that say something nice about you or your work. And as soon as you say that, even if it's a, a short little sentence, you want to grab it, copy it into a spreadsheet and then ask them for permission. If, if you can use that for website or usually they don't really care most I don't think we've ever had anyone say no but uh, you should ask for permission but you need to kind of be looking on the alert for that and just grab it and use it later because that's what your social credibility is you can say I am the best at this until you're blue in the face but that message shouldn't come from you necessarily you can explain the product or the program but to really give you credibility it should come from Uh, people who have gone through it, experienced you, and then have really wonderful, beautiful things to say about you. Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. And you should aim to have some balance in your business, you know, between the amount that you're sort of talking about yourself and your work and the, the, the extent that someone else is referencing your work. Now, if you're a brand new business owner, you can go ahead and get this kind of information from past clients who you've worked with in other capacities. Sometimes even just someone vouching for you as a human being is better than nothing. So even if they've not taken the exact program or signed up for your membership or, you know, engaged with you in the specific professional situation that you're promoting, you can still have a testimonial from someone who's worked with you in a previous capacity. Like maybe they were managing you at a studio or something and they can say like, wow, this person has incredible integrity. They're very bright. They're very caring, whatever, like all those things, as long as they're authentic and they're not maybe written by your mom or your best friend, (laughs) they all, they all mean a lot. So So in terms of voice, like it's not only your voice, it's also the voice of the people you know professionally and who you've interacted with professionally. So just always be alert. And, you know, one thing we do, Sandy, and this is maybe really obvious, but we screenshot testimonials. Like we are constantly screenshotting testimonials or what we think could be testimonials on social posts. We're screenshotting like emails that we receive just anytime we see a comment or a post or an email that is saying something really lovely about us or our company, we screenshot it. And then we just have a collection. We don't always use those. I mean, sometimes it's nice just to have for yourself um, to have that nice little like bucket of love in a folder on your desktop. But that's really important, I think, to have. And also to see how those clients talk about you. Like, how how are they praising you? What are they praising about you? What words are they using? Mm-hmm. And I would just add to that, Jenny, that if you are grabbing the testimonial of your students or, or clients, to think about what they're actually saying. Because a whole, like, you know, web page of, like, she's so great isn't really that helpful. Yeah. Um, but if someone really enjoyed your program and they, all they wrote was like, I loved it, um, it might be a great idea to pick up the phone and just kind of tease out some more specifics around what was the problem that they experienced and what did the program solve? So we recently actually, it was on the copywriting course, one of our students said something around like, I was so intimidated by copywriting and you have taught me in a way that makes it so easy and authentic for me to rewrite the copy on my website or something to that effect. And that's so much more powerful because it really speaks to what it did. Like, and then that mm-hmm. your potential students will see themselves like, oh my God, I hate the copy on my website. If, if that person got that experience, then I will too, you know? So it's, so sometimes you need to kind of pull apart the, uh, the testimonial. It's not always verbatim from wherever you, you saw it written. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's, I, I think that's exactly right. And that's, that's also going to help develop that relationship even deeper with that student or client. If you reach out to them and you're like, well, th- thank you so much for writing this publicly. Can we talk about it? I want to learn a little bit more about what I did that worked so well for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the other place where you can find messengers, um, obviously if you have a larger team, you should be deciding who amongst you, you know, should be sort of the public face or voice of any particular piece or element that you're trying to promote. But also if you have influencers in your market or connections to other folks who have an online presence or blog or an online teaching or training site, those people can also serve as messengers for you. So you can go into a joint venture, you can do some sort of shared product or promotion, you can guest blog on one another's website. Like there are a lot of ways to where, um, even just that if you guest blog on someone else's website, often they're going to write a small paragraph intro that's introducing you to their community. And that message right there is really important. What someone says in those two or three sentences where they're introducing you to their followers. So just start to think about who would you love to have as a messenger for your work in the world, start to develop those relationships and, you know, start to collect the stuff. Yeah, that's great. And often you'll be the messenger, right? We should also say this, like we're talking about other examples, but often in your work, you're primarily the messenger, especially Mm -hmm. when you're just getting started. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. The second element is timing. So timing is pretty important, huh, Sandy? Yeah, it's a little little harder than just simple who's the messenger. <laughs> yeah, so you want to be really careful about promoting yourself too soon uh, to your community. And you also want to be careful about not promoting yourself too often. So those are, the I think, the two things to be aware of. The other thing we were talking about earlier, Sandy, when we were prepping for this episode was making sure that people are kind of ready for the message. So how do you get people primed for the message that you're trying to deliver? And again, we're talking about this in entrepreneurship. So we're primarily referring to you know, essentially a launch of a program, product or service. Um, But this would apply, like this is what applied to me in politics as well. Like when I was working on like trying to promote a particular candidate or piece of legislation, you have to get a community ready for what you have to say before you go ask them to do something and take action. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the online world, as far as timing goes, I would um, first of all, really, really support consistency in your messaging. So whether that is a monthly newsletter uh, or a weekly, but just to to push consistency. And I think we, re- we talked about that in an earlier episode. And then a lot of people are confused about like how much, because they, they think they don't want to be too salesy. They don't want to be asking, asking, asking for like, buy my product, you know, follow me on Instagram. So the sort of the general rule in copywriting is that it's a three to one rule so that your timing is you have three messages that go out that are not sales related to every one that is sales related. So it does, it's, you, you, it's a horrible feeling to, to feel like you're just like sell, 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 sell. And, and then on the other end, nobody wants to be sold to. So you need to give three pieces of free content or advice or story or 
you know, something like that, that is giving, 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 take, give, 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 take. So that's sort of the, a little bit of the timing from a sales, sales perspective. Yeah. And I think when you're just starting out, you won't be able to follow that exact ratio. You're going to be giving, 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 giving for a long time as you start to build your community and you start to build your products and services out. So like this is this is sort of the timing and the ratio we recommend once you're established. But like expect to have maybe two months or at least where you're not asking anyone for anything like other than to pay attention to you. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm here. Read this awesome blog post I wrote. Hey, I'm here. How about you watch this free yoga video I made though? That's the beginning. And then you, and then as you've built a little bit of an audience and a community and a following, then you can start to ask. So, okay. So that's timing. I think that, you know, I'd encourage folks, we'll have a post on this podcast episode in our Facebook group. So soulful.mba slash Facebook, come join our group if you're not already in there. And if you have more questions specifically around timing, we'd be happy to kind of chime in and answer. Um, And then the third element of voice is the message itself. Okay. So Sandy, this is your wheelhouse, like Uh. 100%. (laughs) Well, I mean, it, it depends on what we're talking about. If it's like newsletters or if it's, you know, an email sequence to line up someone for join a webinar or a training or actually to buy to buy a, a product. But I think the content or, or what the message is, first of all, has to really come from you. It has to sound like you. It has to be in the, the language that you use. I don't want anybody writing content that you have to pretend to be someone else or write like someone else. Or, you know, if you're, if you have true followers, they want to hear from you. And so please be comfortable writing in the way that you talk. Really, that's what it comes down to. So copywriting isn't all formal and official. It's very chatty, you know, a lot of haze. And from Canada, you would say a, and, uh, you know, a lot of rights and questions and, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very informal talk. So don't be too formal and too stuffy. So loosen up the language a little bit. You also have to realize when you're writing, who are you targeting? So if you are writing at say an email sequence, let's use the example of, cause this is what I'm doing right now. Let's use the example of writing an email sequence to get people onto a webinar. And so you need to know that, um, does, is that person, do they know who you are? Do they know that you, that they have a problem and do they realize that you can solve that problem? And those are three different messages, right? So you need to know who you're writing to. Is it a brand new person who doesn't even know that they need you yet? Cause you're not going to ask for come buy my product to that person. Cause they don't even know that you can solve or do anything for them. So it's, it's just, you know, it's such a big topic, Jenny. It's hard to. Yeah. To I mean, I just, that. we're not going to be able to teach anyone how to get their messaging down, right? Just from listening to this podcast, but just know that there's a whole world out there to learn about messaging. And I think part of it is just practicing, right? Like getting your messaging right. We were talking about this earlier also is just about practicing using your voice. And so if you're intending to become a blogger or use a blog as part of your business, then start blogging every day. You know, Seth Godin recommends blogging every single day for a month. I think we've talked about this already on a prior podcast. Um, And even if you're not ready yet to do that in your own name, he recommends that you still kind of create a public 
blog posts, like do it on Medium or do it, you know, on some sort of mystery site where you're you're anonymous and just publicly start writing every single day for a month and see what switches. And Julia Cameron talks about morning pages and the artist way. Like there are a lot of people sort of saying a similar, you know, giving out a, a similar bit of advice about practicing using your voice. And if you if you're wanting to get into doing video, practice doing video every day, give yourself a YouTube challenge or a Facebook live challenge or, you know, whatever with us, we're learning to use our voice voices with podcasting. So we're, we committed to like this sort of bigger launch schedule where we're doing a whole bunch of podcasting all at once to get started. And it's really helping us, I think, to develop, develop our voice as kind of radio speakers, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I, can I just go back Sandy to something you said about being informal and copywriting? So this is something that vexes me a little bit (laughs) um, because I'm a little uncomfortable with being informal. And so I, I guess I just want to make a plug to say, if being super informal is not natural or authentic to you, then by all means, like I would say, don't, don't be more informal than you're personally comfortable with. Like if you wouldn't personally sign an email a certain way, Maybe don't do that in your business either. Like, okay, I have a very specific example. Okay, let's this. hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, so I am very bothered by certain like abbreviations of words. Like, so the word biz instead of business is one of them. Like, it's fine if if other people want to use this in their business. But every time I've ever seen it in any of our materials, I, because I have the editing brain, I go in there and I change that word back. And like, sometimes this is a real problem because it makes a headline too long to show up in a Facebook ad and like all kinds of things, right? I cannot stand that word. I personally cannot speak that word. I don't want it associated with our brand. And so Sandy, as our sort of resident copywriting expert, I just wonder your thoughts on this. That, but that my advice would be to never to never be too casual like compared to who you really are yeah I, I think that it's just who who you are and yeah there's a, a a lady that we've actually used her as an example in the copywriting course that we followed that she uses incredibly like incredibly you know super chatty language and it's a, to me it's a little bit irritating but that is so much who she is yeah. I know exactly what I'm getting from her because she's so darn authentic. So I'm not saying be be chatty and informal because that's what you're supposed to do. The only, the only thing, if you're, if you want to write more formal, if that's what you're more comfortable with, then by all means do that. Cause that's who you are. And that's, you know, probably what they expect from you, but don't write in big block blocky, long, long paragraphs. That's mm-hmm. a, it doesn't matter how good or bad your writing is, people aren't going to read it. So it should be in like short one or two sentence paragraphs so people can skim down it. And we're now we're kind of speaking more specifically to email copywriting and emails. But, but websites but also, right? You know, yeah, you don't want to see a big block of text and want to read it. We're yeah. going to sort of intuitively skip scan. over something you like scan that. scan it. And, and, yeah. So people just, they just, they, their eye just goes down they kind of get the gist of it. We know that they don't read it. So just, they just scan the sentence quickly. So they're not reading every single word. So that is a, that is one thing that everyone should do. But yeah, if you're not comfortable being all chatty, then don't be chatty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's an app I'll post this in the show notes, like a Heming- the Hemingway app. If you want to learn, if you, if you have a tendency like I do to write overly complicated language in too flowery. I used to do this a lot. And, um, 
read Hemingway. So Hemingway is one of my favorite writers and Hemingway has sort of, he had perfected this like beautiful way of writing very simple sentences. And there's a really fun free app (laughs) where you, it's like a Hemingway writer app and you can like copy and paste some of your writing in there and it'll tell you like basically what you did wrong and like why your sentences are too complicated. So that's kind of like a fun little thing to do. But I think essentially like the, the message for, for message itself is just like learn, kind of learn to, to know your own voice and practice being public with your voice in whatever way you intend on, you know, going big with your business and just do it consistently. Like Sandy said, so we, we made a decision in our company that we were going to do a weekly newsletter and we were going to do at least a weekly blog and at least a weekly podcast. And like, we've made these decisions over time. And as you practice and as you get used to it, you really do start to develop your voice. You start to realize like, wow, this is how I speak about this thing. And you'll start to develop followers in a community that resonates with that voice to the extent that I think if, if you all of a sudden like switched up your voice, people would notice. Um, so I, I think, you know, part of it in the beginning is about getting clear on what, what your voice is and you do that just by practicing. Yeah. And then just to, to, to add another layer onto this, I also would encourage people, yes, use your voice, but also listen to your customers and students and followers and watch what phrasing and language they use. So if you know something really well, a topic really well, and you have some pretty complicated, you know, language around it that your students never actually, you know, like, you know, asana, maybe you don't want to use that word. Maybe you want to use the word pose because that's the language that your beginning students are, are used to hearing and that's what they speak. So I think that's a really critical factor is that, th- that the student has to understand you. So maybe in your world of teachers and coaches, you talk a certain way about certain products or certain services, but make sure that that language is, you know, for lack of a better term, dumbed down to the audience and, and use their words. And you can see their words by looking at, you know, comments on your blog or what they write to an email or wh- what the words that you hear in conversation with them. So yes, be your, be your voice, but also use the language that your students use. Yeah. And I think that there's a handful of keywords probably in any business where you want to get clear on how people talk about something and then you want to consistently use those words. So I noticed that actually, Sandy, in our community, the word webinar doesn't resonate very well. And so we try to use the word workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are things like that where you know, in the business world, what we were around like webinar, webinar, webinar talk all the time. But then when we go into our own market and wellness, like webinar is not something that's normal. And so, and even like, you know, when we were in the accelerator in the startup world, like that's a weird thing to people. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's interesting just to see, we all have different ways of speaking about similar things, like depending on what market we're in. Um, another example was, uh, like customer interviews is is something that was used in the startup world a lot. And we would, we had a different word for that. Like that's what we use basically like sleuthing, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so we, there's just like different ways of talking about the same concepts, depending on the market that you're in. So you want to get clear on that. And if, and if you're, if you want to learn more about the language that your audience uses and you don't have a big following yet, you can go listen to the sleuthing podcast and learn about kind of how to go creep on other I have Internet another sites. idea for that too. <gasps> oh, do I have tell. a really good idea. It's yeah. not my idea. This is totally from Joanna Weep from Copy Hackers, who I, I follow and love her work. So what she does 
is she looks at Amazon reviews. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you are teaching about meditation or whatever it is, go look on Amazon for a book on that topic and read the reviews of what people wrote. And that language that they use, the way that they describe it is what you should use in your copy. So if you get too jargony, they don't understand it. So if you're struggling for that, that's a great little tip to, to go find the, the language that the, the common folk use. Yeah, no, that's good. And if you do anything where there are books written about it, I would highly recommend that you do that. That's a, a really I, good idea. For the sequence I'm running right now, I actually went into our our team emails and I read every one of them and I, I copied and pasted the exact words of what people were saying or how they were describing the idea of teaching online. And so all those phrases will get uh, worked into this this new sequence. That's great. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Amazon for the win. Yeah. <laughs> Should Never. we move into joy and hustle? Yeah. Oh, we have one more element in voice. Oh, I'm sorry. It, no, we sort, of t- we, we sort of touched on it. It was just medium. Mm. So it was just the, the idea that you want. So there's messenger, timing, message, and medium. And that you want to practice at the, you want to sort of hone in on one thing first, right? So don't feel like you have to get your voice out in writing and in print, like, and in video and in audio and all these things all at once, Mm -hmm. like choose one thing at a time to sort of get comfortable with and master. So often with, with internet businesses, writing is, is really important. I mean, video is increasingly important as well, but writing is always going to be there because you're always going to have to have a website and a sales page. And, you know, like people are going to first really interact with you in depth through your writing. So I think that's probably where you need to start, but you also want to consider like, if you're going to be an online teacher, that's primarily teaching through video, you also really want to hone in on, developing that voice in video, even if that's not the primary way that you sell, like, but that's what your content is inside your membership site or inside your paid programs and services, you still are going to need to invest the time in developing your voice on video because it changes. I promise you, as I'm sitting here with a big microphone in front of me, it took, it took a long time and it's still not totally the same as if I'm talking to someone in person, or if I'm sitting down and writing what's on my mind, like there is this like elephant in the room that's a camera and a microphone sitting in front of me. And I have to learn, it's a learned skill to be comfortable and authentic in front of those things and with those things around me. That's right. Yeah. It's practice, 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 and do whatever feels comfortable to you. We have a a teacher on our system that just can just turn on the, the, the camera and go live in a second. And she's so natural, you know, to speak live in front of a camera or be recorded, but to put her down in a keyboard, it's really hard for her to type. She does do it. She does write. She has to write a newsletter and write out her sales copy, but it's such, it's such a struggle. So follow that medium, which is much more natural to you. Yeah. And there's a hack for this. If, if you are more comfortable speaking and we've learned this from a few people and implemented it a bit ourselves, actually practice speaking your blog posts or something or speaking your copy, like just put on voice memos on your phone and speak into your phone or into your headset. And then you can transcribe it or you can put it through like a transcription service, like dragon dictation is an app. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you have something to start with. Again, do not put that up on your website (laughs) unedited because it will not work. You need to massage it a little bit for a print, but yeah, like you can play with what you're comfortable with and, and try to transition that into, you know, what you need. 
Okay, yeah, let's move into Joy and Hustle. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so eager earlier. It's cutting you off on your four points. No worries. I have the, let's do Hustle first. Um, So I've got the Hustle this week. So I'm going to give you a couple, um, three different resources to help you with your copywriting. The first one is wordhippo.com. It is a tab I have on my desktop or on my computer open 100% of the time because I go there about... 500 times in a day, literally. And wordhippo.com is basically a big, fancy, pretty thesaurus. So if you are, you know, using that same word over and over again, and you just need a new exciting word, um, you can you can type it into wordhippo and a list will come up. But in addition to that, what I love about it is you can say, I need a word that rhymes with, or I need a word that starts with, you know, THR or, or TR or something, or I need, so there's all these different kind of scenarios you can put in it. So it's really helpful when you're naming products, when you are coming up, you know, even for the name of your company or a course, and you want something with alliteration, this really, really helps. And it also shows you words in different languages too. So if you're looking for something in, I don't think Sanskrit is in there, but if you wanted to know the Greek word for something, uh, it's super handy. It's sort of a one stop, stop shop for me. The other place I go a lot is um, the One Look Reverse Dictionary. So often I have an idea of what I want to say, in, and it's like five words, like the definition of something. And I can't quite remember the word or get you know figure out what that one word is. So if you type in a phrase or a definition of something, it will come up with words that mean that. So it's the, it's obviously a reverse dictionary. Um, so that's very handy. And then the third one is an article written by uh, James Altucher, 33 Unusual Tips to Being a Better Writer. And uh, he's kind of a bit of a quirky, odd guy, but I kind of like him. And this particular piece of uh, writing, I found really helpful. I, I bookmarked this like, oh God, years and years ago. But it was things like, things that I needed to be reminded of, which are, you know, don't ask for permission. So here you are writing something. So avoid phrases like, in my opinion, and you know, his response to that is, of course, it's your opinion. You were writing this, like you don't need to have those extraneous words. Um, and he really does encourage you like Seth Godin to write a lot, write every day. And then to, to do the work and speak your voice and don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about any judgment that may come later, which is a, a huge one. But he's got some great tips on there. So I'd encourage you budding writers to go and check that out. And of course, we'll have all the links in the show notes. I want to add one more. I'm, surprised. I'm surprising you, Sandy. Okay. So I just remembered another site that's sort of similar to Word Hippo that Shauna, our designer, told me about. I don't know if she shared this with you. I don't know this. You don't even know what's coming. <laughs> no. It's called Panabee, P-A-N-A-B-E-E dot com. And we'll put this in the show notes, of course. And it is another, it's like a tool that lets you find domain names and names for products or names for apps or companies. So if you're in the early stages of just starting your business, this is a really fun tool because you can just type in words like beautiful Vista and it will like give you this huge list of like in different languages, like mishmashed words that you would have never thought to put together. And it'll also check to see which domains are available. Mm, which is that's very really cool. a handy little that's tool. That's cool. Yeah. So that's a fun one. And it, you know, I I play I've played with it a bit for just even like naming titles of things or products or things like that because you also don't want when people are searching for the name of your new course or product or membership site to get confused with another app or something like that. So 
yeah, go at it, have fun with that. Mm -hmm. But don't don't let that take away from your practice of your practicing your voice. (laughs) Okay. So the joy. So this is going to sound maybe not as joyful to some of you, but (laughs) for me, this is very joyful. So I'm really interested in linguistics and the way that we learn to talk about certain things and the way that we use metaphors. And there's a lot of really fascinating research on how the way we speak influences our own like physical behavior, as well as like it influences the way our communities and our cultures develop. So I'm going to point to some resources from George Lakoff, who was a professor in college when I went to college. And he is also sort of a preeminent political thinker and has written a lot about how the language that's used in politics like really shapes um, human behavior. So that's kind of the world I come from. He, he's famous for having written a book called Don't Think of an Elephant, which came out like 15 years ago. And um, he has a lot of sort of updated work since then. So we'll point to a couple of articles and a video. If you want to learn more about sort of the theory of language and why your language and the the way you choose to describe your work and your products and services is so important, I'd encourage you to check out his work. Sounds beautiful. I love it. Yeah. So, okay. Well, without further ado, that is episode 14. Thank you, Jenny. It was fun. (laughs) Thanks, Sandy. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample. Sample.